Many a series starts strong, then wax and wane due to early unexpected success that came from a premise with no real story arc in mind. Does Stranger Things suffer this? Let's run up that hill and find out. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Just a flesh wound. Axe on, hat. Axe off. I know Kung Fu. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. here. I ate his liver with some fava beans. Nice candy. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Show me the money. I drink your milkshake. The snozberries taste like snozberries. How do you like them, Max? All right, all right, all right. These guys are 11. I'll be back. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. It wasn't the airplane. Was beauty killed the beast? Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. What year is this? <laughs> Dead set. <laughs> what year is what? <laughs> Dead set. Friggin. <laughs> Kate Bush is top of the charts. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of trivia about that too. It's like she actually produced the song and released it. So she has almost 100% rights. Yeah, on it. I did hear that. She's pulling about yeah. 2 million a week. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. And she's quoted as saying, all you need to do is write one good song and you're, you're set for life. And this is proving it. <laughs> she's written a bit more than that, though. So, um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely quite interesting. Hanger. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, I mean, uh, talking about the song just to, at the time, it was an unusual song for the time. Kate Bush has always had a bit of a quirkiness to her. That well, the music video. People is love strange. her or hate her. They, they either love her or hate her, and particularly in the 80s. That was sort of how she was treated. So she was very alternative in that sense. And it was interesting that that came back in. And my daughter is listening to the song now because it's in Stranger Things. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's quite amazing how that came about. I think the one that's anyway, was the, we should the talk about Stranger Things. Article. Was it the Batuta <laughs> Advocate article? Like, Jaded Millennial thinks the placebos version was better. Well, that's the, the version I knew before. Like, I knew that first and then was like, oh, it's a cover. I mm. should go listen to the old one. Anyway, Stranger Things 4. So we've only waited like, what, three years for this? Yeah, something like that. 2019 was Stranger Things season three. Wow. These kids will be in old folks' home by the time they finish this friggin' show. <laughs> well, I have to say, the show will finish, which is, is probably why is I nice, did that intro. Right? Yeah. I'm glad that they always, the Duffer Brothers always said from season one, it was a five season story they wanted to tell. And here we are, confirmed that five, season five will be the last season. Now, four. I, I did love it because I love this show and it's one of the best things I've ever seen and it just ticks every box of all the things that I love crammed into the perfect little package. It just, it, I, it, 
it's that thing that I get so excited about. It, it, all those things. It's everything Stephen King and blah, 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 blah. Season four feels a bit stranger than the seasons that have come before it, but it, it, it it's definitely, I think, a hell of a lot grimmer and darker than seasons one through three, which felt a bit odd. And it's also the season that is going for a little bit of a, I guess you could say it's a retconning a couple of things. It's giving these... Additional explanations with information that we didn't have previously. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, as a general thing about uh, the Duffers, they they definitely wield this the magical aspects of the '80s pop culture and horror that has been, you know, sort of sitting there in the background, I guess, of a lot of films and in that nostalgic sense, uh, without actually being a shallow amalgam of all of those tropes that were created at that time and it's quite interesting how well they do that uh it's been mimicked since quite a lot in Mm. terms of a lot of uh, 80s stuff showing up all over the place uh and i guess even 90s now they're trying to sort of reflect on those but they've treated it with in a way that the only thing i can equate it to is probably super eight if you've ever seen super Mm. eight which was a, a nice J.J. Abrams reflection on Spielberg's sort of film, an 80s Spielberg's film made in the Yeah, 2000s. like 70s, 80s, yeah. Yeah, and it, it sort of, they, they have managed to do this for the entire series and the sort of Spielberg suburban mess, we, we don't get nice houses, we don't get perfect environments. And I just realised by watching Stranger Things and going back to things like Close Encounters, how much we get presented with perfect houses in films, it makes it feel more real and sort of reflects back to what Spielberg was doing as well. So we get this nice essence from there. And then the sort of Stephen King-style storytelling and characters, which we get as well. And they are sort of very sort of Stephen King-ish characters. I can see embodiments of his characters Mm -hmm. in a lot of the ones in Stranger Things so it keeps you watching regardless you you know you really do feel for a lot of the characters i have to say they're adding more and more in and one of the weakest parts of stranger things 4 was the fact that the more characters they put in there those long-term characters start becoming peripheral characters so we don't get as much time with the same characters and it's yeah and this season slowly suffered from being packed way too much yeah there were there were some new characters that i was totally on board with and was fine uh eddie like give me more eddie um (laughs) but he was awesome eddie was unreal that was like (laughs) the most amazing performance character and he had an arc it was great but like jonathan's stoner mate just yeah. I was in agony <laughs> every time he was on screen. It was just like, piss him off. He's terrible. He's adding this, nothing to the show. That's right. And this is where it all starts sort of falling apart for the characters a bit, which was a real shame because I think in terms of the plot and the story, it was really nice to see it start to close in on uh the end part of the arc if you want you know we're well and truly in act three by the end of this 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's that's really exciting. It's actually putting you right on the cliff's edge watching it, which is excellent. But then we've sort of left characters behind as a result. Um, the biggest or most obvious ones for me was Mike and Will. They, they were so uh, everyone the in that everyone in that side story. Jonathan had like yep, yep Jonathan as well. Yeah, nothing like that. That the the, the desert road trip part of the story was just terrible and that like all they were doing was like burying a body i think that's all they did <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they, they were all sidelined essentially and just used as foils rather than having a meaningful arc or anything happening to them that made sense i mean it became really obvious when we get an episode where they literally have to talk about what's happened to them over the last few episodes. <laughs> you know, the suggestion that Will is gay is not used that well, but then, you know, he has this conversation with Mike explicitly about how they feel like, you know, they're no longer connecting and things and um, about his relationship with Eleven. And it, it all just became really explicit and weird because they hadn't actually done anything to do with the plot <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. So there was nothing for their characters to develop in. And it, it was such a void for those characters. And I've, I sort of felt a bit disappointed that it didn't carry them into it in a meaningful way. Yeah, I think if they just hit, if we, they, they'd headed back to Hawkins somehow, it probably would have <laughs> brought them in a bit more. Yeah, yeah, or somehow the connections, like, you know, well, with Hopper and everyone in Russia, they, yeah. they get connected directly to what's going on in terms of the action. Yeah. And we still feel that they're part of the whole thing and there's development going on there. Uh, but, yeah, I was just really surprised how much they'd been sidelined. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're dividing the cast into, like, essentially, what, three groups, four groups? You've got Hawkins, you've got Russia, you've got California Road Trip, and you've got what Eleven's going through in mm. the underground. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's in fours. And the road trip is the least interesting, least purposeful part. And uh, Eleven stuff, I was like, yeah, it was just exposition, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean fine but i found the russia part and i found the the hawkins stuff so compelling oh absolutely well that that's where all the action was happening um in, in terms of where that action happened i have to say the plot started tightening a lot more by putting vecna in there i mean you might say that it's uh retrofitting vecna into the story but um i think it actually helped bring it together a bit more and why Eleven is yeah. part of the whole thing. And I really enjoyed that fact that he was a, a proper villain. Yeah. You know, all the previous monsters and things in Stranger sort of Things faceless. just monsters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, he was there with purpose and believed what he was doing was reasonable, and which is and... what you need in villains. <laughs> and you know, was you need... really scary. Hmm. Like he he's he's a child murdering machine, <laughs> which is I think the uh, and the Freddy Krueger um, points just don't stop coming. Like no, they don't. Yeah, that's right. They're in pretty the heavy on the and... yeah. He's going into people's dreams, and you've got Robert Englund in there. <laughs> 
but yeah, that tension created by his actions was the the spine of the whole show, which was it made the stakes for all involved wonderfully woven into uh, sort of clockwork precision. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. See what I did there. Um, <laughs> Uh, in a way that sort of really, really worked. And that's why it was weird having this other bit with Eleven and uh, the, as you said, the road trip group. Hmm. Um, it, they just seemed almost inconsequential until she's actually there fighting Vecna. Yeah. So, Monica, what did you think? <laughs> I'm the um, Philistine who didn't bother watching it. <laughs> but you haven't seen it. At all, I haven't seen any of it at Which, all. Which, considering it's sort of become a, a um, like a cultural movement almost. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Is aware. that what is that what turns you off it though? Like the um, the hype. I think it is a little bit of the hype. Like everyone just keeps telling me you need to watch Stranger Things, you need to watch it, and that just makes me want to say like, no, I'm good. Um, I'll get to it eventually. Just at this point in time, I've just got other things that are sort of like calling to my attention. I guess. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you would really like it. I'm sure I would. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because it's really good, and you'll like it. Um, <laughs> you but if so there's well. ever a time to get into it before before season five, is probably a good time. <laughs> I, I would say so, especially if we're going to review season five. So maybe it's yeah. in my interest to do that. <laughs> um, but it is one of those shows. Like, like for example, I watched when season one came out. I watched. I was. I watched it before a lot of people were for it sort of took off mm. and i was so blown away i watched it over two nights yep at like beginning of the week like a monday tuesday and i was like i i came over to visit my mother and i was like mom you got to watch this show <laughs> and and we and it was like nine in the morning and we watched the entire first season in a day Oh my god! So I watched it. I watched it twice in its entirety, the first season in a week, because it was just like I just mm. couldn't believe someone had made this just for me. Like, oh, look, <laughs> like... I, I think for something to sort of capture the cultural zeitgeist while also having that nostalgic element, there's got to be something really good about it. Um, I'm just one of those people who haven't seen it, and it it sounds like it ticks all the right boxes for a lot of people. So it could even be a good thing. Mm. It's certainly. The series that made me binge—I've I, I probably binged on a few ser series before this, but mm. um, it certainly was one that stood out. To you, just want to keep watching regardless, uh, and it's mm. um, it fits that sort of pop culture area that mm. a lot of us love, uh, especially from the '80s and all the people who made things there. So it's a mixture of John Carpenter, mm. um, Spielberg, Stephen King. I'm trying to think of the others that probably fit into it. Um, probably a little bit of Alien and all of these things are showing up in it. And then there's these really direct Light references. Twilight Zone-y. Mm. Yeah. And you said there was a three-year gap between seasons three and four? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. more for, from COVID, I, I believe. More from COVID. Well... Given that as well, like television, as we've discussed a couple of times, is an investment of time. So clearly mm. there has to be something really good about it for people willing to wait for that period of time for a new season, which according to all accounts has truly paid off. Um, what did you think about the length? So the shortest episode this season was an hour. 
and the longest episode was two hours and 40 minutes. Which, um, for a show that uh, was 40 minutes <laughs> last season. That's almost like watching a film. Far yeah, the, the final two episodes. Well, so they yeah, dropped the episode final one episodes, to seven, yeah. and then the final two episodes dropped last week or whatever it was. And yeah, episode the second last was an hour and a half, and then the final episode was two hours and 40 minutes. And it did feel like you're watching this like epic <laughs> movie length conclusion. Like it didn't, it was still felt tight. Like nothing felt wasted apart from, you know, the California stuff. Do you expect the last season to also have the same kind of time codes? Don't know. I feel like they've gotten to a like they like it all, it all at this point comes to a point where like okay, yep, <laughs> the world is ending quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> this shit's got to move. <laughs> so I, if I took a punt, I'd say they'd probably like a short season, maybe like six episodes at at decent lengths might mm. wrap it up because everyone's together now. They don't need to bring characters back together. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's in terms of the time for me. Yeah, the pace of the shows didn't make it seem like it was long. You know, but it, it's very well written television in that we we have these tense endings to episodes where you still want to see what's going on, but they're not even ends to episodes. It's throughout the whole season. There's things that haven't been resolved that you need to see resolved and mm. the tension just carries there particularly with eddie being accused of the murders and you know almost having a whole town out after him and the sort of the footballers and things like that it's it, it keeps that tension so well throughout the whole thing yeah you've got so many things that you're worried about and want to see resolved that yeah the time just flies mm. And that sweet, sweet master of puppets <laughs> scene. <laughs> well, so, uh, I like that bit where they they're looking for music, and um, he's got like Iron Maiden or something, and they're looking at it going, "What's that?" And he's going, "This is music." <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the, the um the Kate Bush becomes um quite integral to the plot. The uh, yeah. running up that hill. Yeah, for that first sort of half of the season. Yeah, mm. definitely. But oh, yeah, it's definitely it. more brutal than the previous ones. I mean, season three was pretty brutal too, but. Um, yeah, three had one... some pretty nasty stuff. But but it yeah. was more like, um, you know, gross monsters doing gross things to people. This was like real horror, like torture and yeah. manipulation and. And to characters that you're empathizing yeah, with as well. Character, so. character, all of the characters that you actually like. Mm. <laughs> so, yep, I'm looking forward to five, that's for sure. Yeah, it was great. It, Yeah, I loved it. I, I was always going to love it, I think. <laughs> and the inevitable spin-off series. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, what's that? supposed to be oh okay it's just 
the Duffer Brothers started their own production company called Upside Down Pictures <laughs> and um, uh, announced uh, uh, they're doing a film and uh, a spin-off. And, oh, and a Death Note. They're doing an adaptation of Death Note as a series okay. as well. Mm, I, I, I'll reserve judgment on those things. I can't say the side stuff excites me as much as the show itself. Um I think if they go about still doing the same thing, the same shtick, so to speak, outside this series, it, it will start to sort of wear thin. Mm. I would be okay with like an entirely different story with similar themes, you know, mad science, whatever, as like a yeah. Twilight Zone type thing. But whatever. We aren't there yet, see but what it's happening. Do. So yeah, Stranger Things four. I loved it. Watch it. Do whatever you want to do. Seeing the other three, I'm sure you're not going to miss this one. You've already watched (laughs) Twilight. Alrighty, thanks guys for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason, and I'm still Monica. 